This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, happy Monday gang. Welcome, of course, to yet another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast, the award-winning podcast, hopefully one day, with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Anyway, we start today's show as Huddersfield and Nottingham Forest went head-to-head in football's richest game ever, the Championship Playoff Final, and Forest secured promotion back to the Premier League after 23 years. <gasps> wow, over a quarter of a century, madness. This is how it sounded live on TalkSport. Which one of these former giants are going to be promoted back into the royal family? Huddersfield, who finished 18th last season, and who, but for one or two results, could have sped the campaign in League One this year, or Nottingham Forest, the side that were bottom of the table in September when Steve Cooper came marching through the door. Slips it back to Garner, a chance to cross. He does cross. It's touched in towards the near post, and it's smashed in. Wow, what a goal. What a fantastic goal. the lead in the playoff final. And is it an OG? I think it's an own goal. Might have just come off a Huddersfield man there. Might come through the Topolo, who skips down over the defender and dives on the floor, and the referee's going to book him for simulation in the playoff final. He wanted a penalty, the Huddersfield fans did too, but a yellow card from John Moss, a simulation to Harry Topolo. For me, that's a penalty. Well, that's the, that's the harshest yellow card I've ever seen in my life. And there's the full-time whistle, and it's time for Nottingham Forest to party like it's 1999. Despite their worst start to a season in 108 years, Nottingham Forest, the club of Brian Clough, of Stuart Pearce, of Gary Bertels, of Archie Gemmell, of Des Walker, are making a return to the Premier League for the first time in a generation. Lewis Grab and Joe Wall get hold of the trophy. They throw it into the sky, and there is the ultimate confirmation that after 23 years, Nottingham Forest are back in the Premier League. They have won the golden ticket. Now we can hear from both managers as Forest head to the promised land of the Premier League, whilst Huddersfield stick around in the Championship for at least another season. Here's Stevie Cooper and Carlos Colbrand. I thought we played well first half, thought we controlled the game. Difficult to be too threatening because of the way Huddersfield set up with such a low block. We had to be careful of the counter-attacks, but we managed to get a breakthrough of all the good goals we scored this year. We scored our own goal, I think, was it? But the second half was just getting through it, to be honest. But we deserve to win the game. Players have been incredible all season. And um, 
and the football club's amazing because the supporters, you know, it's been an incredible build-up to the game with the amount of support that we have and, uh, yeah, this is for them. I don't know, it was the feeling that we, that we had in the second half, that we were more aggressive, we were attacking more. And there were a couple of actions that, of course, create some doubts. And the player was telling me that was a fall because if not, the both, the both players would have finished the action in a, in a better. But here there was today VAR and the referees, and if the referees didn't consider that was penalty, we only can accept the, the decision that they do. I think the key for me was to be very solid to, to be in this type of game. We know, I was thinking that if we were solid in the first half, we would have opportunities to have more in the second half. But it's true that as soon as they score the goal, a little bit change the plan to move faster. But I think the team adapts very well to the different needs of the different moments of the game. Now Huddersfield had two penalty claims turned away by referee John Moss in his final game as referee. Obviously, he'll continue his chat show on ITV, I imagine, after he hangs up his whistle. Darren Bent was alongside Darren Ambrose on the boot room as they discussed Forrest's controversial victory. The job Steve Cooper's done, absolutely superb. But when you look at the two decisions, the first one, okay, you can make the argument that maybe there's not too much contact. But the second one, clumsy for Max Lowe, should be, I think that one has got to be checked. And for me, it probably is a penalty. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the first one, of course, I think the problem, I think it was Toffolo. And and he, he tried to jump out the way of the trailing leg. And I think that was the only thing that was his downfall, really. If he'd have just carried on running, it was a clear penalty. The fact mm. he's tried to jump out the way, he still got clipped, by the way. Mm. It's still a penalty, in my opinion. But then to not give that, you think they would thoroughly check the second one for a penalty. Mm. And like you said, that, that was a stonewall penalty for me. And I think Huddersfield can feel hard done by today. They've been beaten 1-0, but they should have had at least one of the penalties. And, and a lot of people, and when you look at social media and the reaction from certainly Huddersfield fans, and not even just Huddersfield fans, neutral fans, they're disappointed with the, the performance of John Moss, the referee, who, who's been calling to uh, his performances recently. Stephen yeah. Gerrard, I think, did it when they played Liverpool as the Villa manager. And then again, VAR today, not stepping in. The first time VAR is used in a championship for the playoffs, and it performs like this. Got it so wrong. So wrong. For me, and we've discussed this already, should have had two penalties. 100% one penalty, mm. at least one penalty, because you've you got to credit Nottingham Forest. Look, they, they've done a fantastic job. Steve Cooper done a great job. But at the moment, we're just discussing the, the poor performance from from John Moss. And you think he, he's it's his last game, I believe, in, in football, refereeing football. You think he'd not want to go out with too much controversy. And maybe that's what's in his head. But, but how, how can VAR not get involved? They've clearly got it so wrong today and they're going to be up for a lot of criticism in my mm. opinion because this this game today it, it, what is it 180 million pounds yeah. the game's worth and they've not had a fair shot Huddersfield in my opinion in terms of the, the officiating Now the Champions League final in Paris was overshadowed by chaotic scenes outside the stadium which delayed kickoff by 30 minutes ESPN's senior writer Mark Ogden was at the Stade de France and told TalkSport about the shocking events Already, there's a, a narrative out there that you know people are trying to put it on the Liverpool fans. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I was out there. I, I was in the stadium, but I was outside the stadium, but in the perimeter, so I could see what's happening. And I was just shocked by the amount of Liverpool fans that were still waiting to get in. And mm. so this was this was maybe ten minutes after the game should have started. This was like ten past eight UK time. And the first thing I've got to say is that they were stood there. They were calm. There was no trouble. There was no problem. They were obviously angry and frustrated. That they weren't being allowed in. I, I had fans waving tickets at me, and I was just drawn to this this young girl at the front. She was crying. She was with her dad, and you know she had tears in her eyes. And I turned around, and, and there was a 
a riot policeman spraying, it turned out to be CS gas, according to UEFA. UEFA statement said it was CS gas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I took a mouthful of it. A few of the other guys who were out there took it. And, and it, it's a real shock when it happens. It, it's hard to explain. It just it just completely catches you off guard. It's like, what what, what on earth was that? Mm-hmm. But these, these were just... These just football fans who stood there waiting patiently to get into the ground. And mm. it, it was almost cowardly by the, the policeman because he was behind the fence, a 12-foot fence, and there were fans on the other side who had no way of getting to him. They weren't causing trouble. Northern football correspondent for the Daily Mail, Dominic King, joined Johnny Owen to explain the terrifying scenes that he witnessed in Paris. I've come on national radio. This, the, your station goes around the globe via the app and stuff. I, I wouldn't come on here and try and paint uh, a disingenuous narrative. I just wouldn't do that. It's not what I, it, it, uh, uh, my job and profession in, in years of, 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 of reporting. I'm telling you the truth in what, what I've I, I, I seen. I went out outside. I'd been outside, uh, I'd been outside the, the, the media area for about an hour before to see what was going on. To see uh, to see how the situation was developing, I went back into the stadium at uh, eight forty local time, twenty minutes before kickoff, and it was clear that the game wasn't going to start because there were so many people outside. I went back outside with a number of colleagues: uh, Jason Baird from the Telegraph, Mark Ogden from ESPN, Henry Winter, a couple of others. Uh, we all went out to have a look. We went down to Gate Y where the Liverpool fans were, and. The the uh, the anger, the, uh, the the fear, the uh, the worry that they felt they they'd been locked out of gate wide. There was there was no um, the gates had been shut. Nobody told them why the gates had been shut, and they were being herded into like this just massive people. And from nowhere, from nowhere, the the, the French police to try and sort of sort the situation out rather than helping. Rather than speaking, they started getting tear gas out, and I know it was tear gas because I got I felt the effects of it. Yeah, and I still feel the effects of it in the back of my throat. It was just a, it was just a, a mass of people. Now in that mass of people, there were local kids um, running around like there was there was people trying to pick pockets. There, there, there'd been spates of that going on all day. Uh, people being turned away from the stadium. Uh, just, just it was just chaos, and this was a this was a six fifteen, six thirty, so plenty of time. And yeah. so even 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 at that point of the day, you could see there was going to be big problems coming. Um, it was it was just awful. Now on to matters on the pitch or in the dressing room. As Real Madrid clinched a record fourteenth Champions League trophy, Tony Cascarino was alongside Natalie Sawyer on the Weekend Sports Breakfast Show, and he was full of praise for Real Madrid's defending. It's very hard in the modern game to win games if you're a defensive-minded team because the laws go against you. Think of this, Nat. Really, there wasn't hardly a penalty shout in the game. Mm. Now, how penalties are really instrumental in modern-day football. Mm-hmm. Now, you could say the handball that Salah and that all are... But Alaba was only about a yard away and it's blasted him. So it was never going to be given. But there was hardly a penalty shout in the game, which is really rare. You know, we see a lot of games with at least two or three penalty incidents or people claiming. You know, and Liverpool, as you touched on, 
you have to hold respect for Real Madrid done a masterclass in stopping Liverpool. Liverpool didn't play particularly well, Nat. No. I mean, Trent's passing first half was as poor as I've ever seen. Diaz was... Um, Looked like he just joined the club and he's been fantastic for Liverpool. Um, so there was a little bit of an issue there. Um, but generally, my biggest issue with the game was that because they defended so deep mm-hmm. that there was no space to run into. Former Liverpool midfielder Tiny Ray Houghton joined the show and reflected on the defeat as he admits the Reds were mentally tired. Oh, tired as a 24-year-old. They looked a little bit jaded. And what I mean by that, people think when you see them a little bit tired, is they always think about, oh, the legs are tired. But your mind can be tired. And mm-hmm. if you looked at last night, I think watching Liverpool last night, they were taking too many touches. The, their decision-making at times was pretty poor. You know, the ball was getting away from them. They were snatching at things, which is always a, a, a sign of tiredness as well, tired minds. When you look at Alexander-Arnold, he had one chance in the first half. He ballooned about 30 yards over the bar. Cater in the second half when he came on, there was a ball laid back to him on the 18-yard box. Either get yourself set where you're going to make sure you get a good purchase on the ball. And he just, once again, you know, rifled and he went 30 yards wide of the goal. Mm-hmm. And that's tired minds. That's not about tired legs. That's tired minds. But listen, what a bad week if you're a Liverpool player, Liverpool management or a Liverpool fan. You know, to lose out uh, last week in the title when Aston Villa are 2-0 up and then you're going to beat Wolves and they get three goals in the last, what, 10 minutes or so. And then the following week, you lose the Champions League final. So, as you said about the quadruple, which could have been a historical season for them, they've only ended up with two trophies, which in itself is brilliant. But you always remember the end of what's happened. And the end is they've lost the league by a point and they've lost the Champions League final 1-0. And finally, in some very sad racing news, the legendary jockey Lester Piggott has sadly passed away at the age of 86. He won the derby a record nine times. And TalkSport's racing commentator Rupert Bell paid tribute to the sporting icon. This was the man who, I, in my childhood, back in the 60s, got me into racing because right. he was a winning machine. And he was a huge sporting star. Racing then was much bigger in terms of its profile. Yes, yes we know about Frankie Dottori, but this guy, he did elevate it to a new level. And he was, you know, just a winning machine. And... You know, he was started riding his first winner, I think, at 13. Wow. I mean, he, he was in, in a horsey family, but he was just, you know, a, a never say die, which was one of his uh, approach to winning. He just would w- want to win, insatiable desire to win. And sometimes at all costs. Yes. You know, he was he was just wanted to win and he didn't mind how he got there. He was single minded. And in sense, you know, he would happily ring up trainers and say, I want to ride that horse. Well, if you someone wanted the Lester Piggott, you it was hard to say no because if he was on your horse, you had more than a better chance of winning. He knew whether a horse was good enough, and that's why when he, you know, nine riding Epsom, and of course it's the Derby weekend next weekend, and you know, part of the Platinum Jubilee, you know, that will be, you know, for so many sporting memories of him riding in the Derby. He rode it like nobody else, quite brilliantly. Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. And, of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show today alongside Darren Bent from 4pm. So make sure you join me and he for that. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day. And above all, 
Be safe, everyone. Come on the Real Madrid. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.